Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about how to pivot. Hmm. <laughs> Rochelle, what's a pivot in the first place? <laughs> in the case I'm thinking about in particular, I have a client where he's very successful, has a successful business, written a couple books. He has an idea. And so then the question becomes, like, do you pivot and if you do, how do you do it so that you keep your core business running and doing well, but you have a new direction? And it's, I think there's a lot of nuance depending on the situation you're in and, and when and how you want to pivot. Absolutely. Yeah. I've done this several times in my own business. And usually it's, I do what I would call a half pivot, where I, I usually describe it as having one foot in the old world and one foot in the new world, kind of like lay the groundwork for the new thing over time. Cause it's tough to just like make something work straight out of the gate, especially if like most of your income is coming from the old thing. Mm-hmm. Done that a few times. And then when I switched over to like ditching hourly and all of that stuff, it was a hard break, which was, was really hard. It was like a year of working really hard is basically running two businesses at the same time really getting one off the ground and trying to keep the other one going. So this episode's more about how to do it and less about why to do it or how you know you need to do it. We're kind of assuming here that you're at least to the point where you've got something going, you've got this sort of business that's paying the bills, but you've got this new idea. And so now you're like kind of torn and you don't know how to make the transition basically, or, or maybe not make the transition, but test the new idea in a way where you can kind of validate it and maybe start an income stream there and then eventually slide all the way over. Yes. Yes. That last part, especially it's how do you validate and what's the process you go through to keep what you're doing running while you're trying this new thing and then figuring out how you integrate them. If in fact you do. Right. Yeah. I've got, I've got a bunch of students who are in a very similar situation where they've got this sort of day job or they've got this like hourly work that they're doing and they're sort of viewed as a pair of hands and they make good money hourly. you know, they make like 150, 200 bucks an hour, 250 bucks an hour sometimes, but they see that it's a dead end and they're like, oh, I've just been stuck here forever. I'm not going to be able to raise my rates that much. I've got a whale client. If they leave, I'm in big trouble, things like that. And so then it's like, all right, well, how do we start this thing on the side that isn't going to spook them? And you, you've got time to actually give a fair shot. Let's start at the easy end. I have I have a couple of, I think, really easy ones or, or at least safer ones that I've done in the past where it was real conscious. When I first went, I left my one and only corporate job. I left the cube farm and went to work at a firm. It was My skill at the time was FileMaker. I was very much an hourly pair of hands. People wanted stuff built. I'd ask what they wanted it to look like, and then I would build it. And I got paid, It was I think it was 150 bucks an hour. So it was pretty good. It was back then. It was a while ago. So it was, you know, it was fine. I was doing well, eight out every night, all that. And uh, <laughs> your definition of success <laughs> at the time. Right. At the time. Right. Yeah. This is pre kids, obviously. So at that time, I was like, well, at, at some point, and this is the part I, maybe we could do a different episode on the part where I was just like, okay, the, I saw the writing on the wall where I didn't want to do FileMaker all the time anymore. I wanted to do web stuff. So I built up this brand. I was really well known in the community. I was writing for the, the magazine back when they had actual magazines and speaking at the, the one big trade conference. So I was like established and I had a lot of audience and I was getting leads. So it was like, I didn't want to just throw that away. So 
very consciously and methodically, I started working the word web and web stuff into my articles every month. And I started blogging about it. And it just so happened right around the same time, FileMaker announced this like FileMaker API for PHP, which is a web thing. And I was like, oh, perfect timing. And so then I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to like be one of the people that just does that all the time. I'm going to own that. When people think of me, they're going to think like, oh, that's the, you know, PHP guy, the FileMaker PHP guy. And sure enough, a publisher came along and was like, hey, do you want to write a book about FileMaker and PHP? And I said, yeah, as long as they said they wanted the book to be called something like FileMaker API for PHP, something like that. And I was like, I was like, I'll do it if we can start the title with web publishing. Like I wanted it to be web publishing with FileMaker, something like that. I don't even remember. Web publishing with PHP and FileMaker. That's the name of it. I wanted to emphasize the web part. So I had this one foot in the FileMaker world. And over a course of probably 18 months, I educated everybody who knew me from FileMaker that I also was a web person, which was not a huge big deal back then, but it was a pretty big deal back then. This is like pre-Ajax and it was a long time ago. Uh, so I just carefully and methodically positioned myself as the FileMaker web guy. And once that was, just, you know, and then sure enough, I started getting leads that were centered around web work that from people who already had FileMaker. And then eventually I dropped the FileMaker part and I just started doing web stuff. I'm just sort of guesstimating. I think it took about 18 months to really feel stable. I could tell pretty quickly that people were interested in it. I think that's a good place to start because that was really safe. That didn't feel risky at all. I was super excited about it. It was a new, new to me, a new technology. The web stuff was new. I didn't know really anything about browsers at the time. It was fun, easy, safe. I would have known if no one was interested. I would have got you know no emails about the magazine articles. I would have gotten no leads. Uh, no interest on the forums. There used to be a big online forum for it, for this kind of work. So it was pretty obvious whether or not it was going to work. I'm curious about your client. Is the is the pivot like a complete break or is it like... No, um, okay. no, it's not a complete break. The image that came to me as I was listening to you talk is like a door opening on a hinge. You're opening it slowly but steadily and it's gradually opening up. The situation, and, and the one I'm going to describe is not uncommon. It's a good, probably 25% of my client base falls into this category where it's someone who has a very successful business and they don't want to change the core business. They're happy with how it's going, but they have this idea. And the idea ties to the core business in some way, but it's a different message. And they don't do it because they think it's going to grow their underlying business, although they hope that it will, but that's not why they're doing it. It's kind of because they can't help themselves. They have this idea and it's burning inside them and it's got to get out in some way, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things where you don't want to be locked into your own success you want to be able to go out and, and do something different. And if two clients in this particular situation where literally they don't want their employees involved in, they have employees, but they don't, and contractors, but they don't want them to be involved in, in this. This is their thing and, and their idea. So in, in wait, before you, sorry to yeah. interrupt, is they don't want them involved, meaning they don't want them distracted by it, or this is going to be like a separate company. Um, or is that not relevant? Well, it's not going to be a separate company. 
Um, it's a separate idea that if it drives business to them, is either going to drive revenue to speaking fees or work to their company. Okay, so it's it's less about the revenue, although there's always the hope. It's really about the big idea and wanting to figure out the big idea and push it out there. That's really what it's about. And so is it is it sorry yeah. to keep interrupting? <laughs> it's okay. I'm super, super curious. So is it? like their main business is one big idea and this is a new big idea or is this like a line extension? Like a line a extension. Product? Okay. A line extension. In, in both cases, it's a big idea that was uncovered in the course of their regular work. You know, when you start to see things happen with your clients and you go, hmm, when you see it the first few times and then you keep seeing it and you go, oh, there's something here. And then you, it, it kind of pushes you into a big idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So in this case, the client hadn't really thought it through very much. It was just, it was an idea and said, Hey, Rochelle, what do you think about this idea? And I thought it was a great idea, but I think it had to be explored. You have to figure out what's behind it. How, what is your belief system? What's your point of view? What's the language you want to develop around all that? And so having recently gone over to the dark side of daily writing, I suggested he do that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And this is a person whose day job keeps him very busy. So we said, all right, what I want to do is I want to get 30 of these. I don't want to share any of them yet. I just want to get 30 of them so that I feel like I have something there and it gives me a chance to explore the idea. I said, okay, great. And then what he'll be doing shortly is he'll send out an invitation to his existing email list and his social media following and say, here's what I'm doing come join me, come read about this. But what's interesting is while he's done this, he's also done something he doesn't do as much in his underlying business. He actually started to seek out people. So he's had these one-on-one conversations with people about his idea and saying, "Um, here's what I think, what do you think? And kind of getting some input. And I look at at it as he's signing on believers is really what he's doing. And what's happening is he's got a, a small but but excited group of people who can't wait till he starts his email series. And then the other thing he did, which I thought was fabulous, is he went to uh, like, a, I don't know if you're familiar with Canyon Ranch. Um, it's, so it's a, it's a getaway spa and they do all these workshops. And so he went to something that's like a Canyon Ranch and he pitched their head of programs to do a workshop on this idea. Hmm. And they said, oh, we love that. So (laughs) this guy's on fire. I know. So he's working on uh, not sure how long it's going to be, if it's a two to three day workshop. I mean, something pretty significant. I left a middle step out because the thing that gave him that idea is he enlisted an ally who has access to his ideal audience and said, I'd like to do a workshop. I want to do it as a beta. Um, I don't want to charge, although we decided they should charge, but give it to charity so that people have some skin in the game. Um, but, But I want to do this three shot workshop. And so he's been laying out the pieces for that. And as he did that, he said, Ooh, this could be great for a Canyon Ranch style workshop. Let's see if they'd be interested. So all of this, he still hasn't published a word. Yeah. But But this is great. This is so good. And he's so excited about it. And as I said, it's a fabulous idea. 
I wish I could tell you what it is. I can't. It's a fabulous idea. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about it later when it's all public and he says it's okay. The thing that's exciting to me is to be able to watch someone who's already successful, who's had other big ideas, created a business that employs other people, serves clients, keeps them happy, and then has this new thing that has the potential to really change lives for people. Yeah. So without even knowing the idea, just from knowing this, from hearing this story, I know a couple of things that are really critical for any of this to have, I would say he's getting traction. Like I can smell, you know, the tires are smoking. (laughs) You said he knows who his target market is. He says he's obviously, he can clearly state the idea. It's not like this, well, kind of like this, but he obviously can state it because people can react to it with like, yes, this would be amazing. I want to sign you up. Or if they're agreeing to partner, they get it, which means that he can communicate it clearly and succinctly, and uh, he knows who it's for, and and he uh, evidently knows how it's going to make their lives better. Like, so it's for these people. It solves this pain, or it achieves this desired outcome. You know, this aspiration. And here's what it is. He tested it in these little ways. This is like my campfire marketing, where you're like, okay, you just have like a little bit of real dry tinder, like tiny little pieces. And those are like your people. Those are like your inner circle people, like the people who are easiest to set on fire, so to speak, you know, with this idea. As long as you don't call and, them dryer lint. Uh, yeah. Dryer lint <laughs> is really the easy. Dryer lint's your family. That's your family. It's from the home. So you collect these people who are almost certainly who are like on your side. They want you to start the campfire. They want it to start. And you, all you need is like a magnifying glass, focus your energy, boom, it starts on fire. And then you start adding more people, you know, bigger and bigger groups of people to it. And those are like, as your wood gets bigger and bigger, then it'd be like the difference between uh, trying to light a log with a match. It's not going to happen unless you have a ton of gasoline, which I would call like mainstream media advertising dollars to pour. Like Super Bowl ad is like gasoline. I'm going to come back and take notes on this because I'm like, this guy doing my process. (laughs) It's like a great example of, wow, yeah, he's just like, yeah, that's exactly it. The works, the beta workshop is totally a great idea. The having some money involved for skin in the game, but donating it to charity. So it takes away the profit motive. It takes away that, that sort of arms crossed, prove it to me type of uh, stance. It's great. It's great. This is, I, I tell you right now, it's already going to take off. You can tell. I don't even know what the idea is. Yeah, I, I'm convinced of it. And it's it's the perfect idea for him or he's the perfect person to put it out in the world. It's It's perfect. And that's sort of how I feel about all these ideas when people pivot. It's you just know, you know, and you might not be sure exactly how to do it, although sometimes that happens pretty fast too. It's you just know that you have to share that idea in in some way. And I think then the question becomes the revenue side of this, you know, he's taking a long view and saying, I believe that this will draw revenue to me. I can't draw a straight line to it. It's going to be a dotted line, and it might go off in some different directions. But I know at the end of the day, this will bring work. And and he can afford to do that because he's not worried about his underlying business. He's got funding already, right? So he doesn't have to fund this mission from this mission. He's got another funding source. Right. And that's the leap of faith that always exists. People are like, oh, well, I did a webinar and and only one person came. Now what? We're farming here. We're not hunting. So it's, you know, you got to give it time. And I can't, it's the same thing. It's like, you just, at some point, you have to believe in your idea or no one else is going to. And so if you believe in it, then it's like, all right, well, 
money's going to happen somehow. Do what you love and the money will follow. If you're helping people, you will make money. It's like a law almost. If you're making people's lives better, your life's going to get better. Your life is going to get better. One of the things that I want to call out about the way that your client is approaching this is that it's it's almost a skunk works thing in a way. It's not like he didn't he didn't start by saying, okay, I'm going to have a blog and it's going to have all these things on it and I want some professional photography and I'm going to do spend all this money on that and get all of these words in public and then I built it. Now people should come, right? He's doing it sort of under the radar. Increasingly, it's almost like a spiral spiraling out from the center and increasing quantity of people are aware of it, but it's not like something that's going to come up in a Google search. I'm sure he's got a bunch of uh, content that's written up for emails. That's essentially private, or it's going to be very targeted. It's almost like a private chat room in a way, private community. Uh, it's going to be internal, uh, a workshop, which presumably will not be live streamed on YouTube. And he doesn't even want to get his employees involved with it yet. So it's, it's, he's just carefully choosing that, like those little tiny, tiny pieces of tinder to put in the bottom of the campfire and picking them and choosing them and assembling them, seeing if like, does this spark do anything for you? Wow. Yes, it did. Okay, great. All right. I'm going to get some more people, but it's, but it's all under the radar. And still it seems like a slam dunk from the reaction that he's getting. But see, here's the thing is that he had the budget to be able to do all those things that you just described. In fact, that's what we talked about. And his initial reaction was, oh, I guess I should do a video. I should commission this. I should do this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's not do that at all. Let's do just the opposite. Let's start really small and let's see where it goes. This is the anti-slick campaign. And so sometimes having money to fund your mission can cause you to do things that maybe you don't really need to do. Yeah, and there's another another reason to do it under the radar that I get a lot is uh, sort of the the folks on my list who are thinking about going solo but are currently employed or they have a whale client that they've been with for at least a year probably many years and they don't want to spook them they don't want to spook their boss they don't want to spook their whale client and they're not sure it's going to work and perhaps there's a little bit of a lack of faith in their own idea and it's more motivated by personal interest like I I I'm sick of this job or I'm afraid this well client's going to leave me high and dry. So I need to do something to protect myself from that. So a lot of times that's the motivation in those cases, but it, it results in a similar kind of thing, which is that they want to do things under the radar. They don't want to update their social media. They don't want to change their website. And I say, well, yeah, no problem. I mean, email list is perfect for this. And I love email lists. They're magic. Talk to people on the phone, do direct messages to people on LinkedIn, pick up the phone or send emails to your inner circle and start conversations like non-public conversations. Do people get it? Or do you have to clarify your message first? Are people excited about it? Are people in wanting to introduce you to other people? Are they already like, I want to share this? When can I share this? Those are, these are all good signs that you're onto something. Well, and just to throw a monkey wrench into that, I, I've had a few clients where some people would argue that their idea could lose them business in their core business. And they not only did it anyway, they did it in a very public way. <laughs> and um, one in particular comes to mind. Again, I, I don't want to share the idea. Um, it is out there. It had to do with a core belief in his field 
that wasn't happening. And it's a kind of a public good sort of core belief, but some people weren't as open-minded as he was about this idea. And so there was a fear on the part of some of his people that they might lose business. It didn't happen. In fact, his businesses continued to grow, but there's that fear factor that can cause people to go underground. In this particular case, he's like, no, I don't want to do this underground. That doesn't feel honest. I am who I am. I'm going to talk about this issue. And if somebody has a problem with it, too bad. That's not a good client for me. So <laughs> I yeah. applaud that, but not everybody has that level of confidence. Of course, of yeah. course. But but you can you can go that other direction too. And, and oh, absolutely, the, yeah. It, not that that's always good. I mean, there are people that I've talked off the ledge for that because they didn't think it made sense. But but yeah, there there are situations where it's so whatever the big idea is is so inextricably linked with who you are and how you work that you you can't not talk about it. Right. Yeah, I mean, if we were going to use a horrible military metaphor, it's kind of like frontal assault versus guerrilla tactics. One is a little bit like proving the idea. So it's funny because both people you mentioned, it sounds like neither one of them lacked any confidence in the idea whatsoever. No, they were 100% confident. Yeah, yeah. So depending on the idea or the target market, sometimes you might need to have like a splashy website for it to click. I could imagine that. Um, I could imagine talking to someone who's like, hey, I've got this idea for you. I actually, I have a student who's working on, it's more of a, it's definitely an idea and it has a point of view for sure, big time, big time point of view, but it's very much a product. It requires a lot of buy-in from the the people who would be using it. Even if it was free, it requires that they change the way they work. So there's a lot of- uh, Socialization. It's not quite a shift in cultural norms for this particular group, but it is an improvement to them and therefore a change to them, which would mean um, different cultural dynamics for people who use it. It's, it's like pretty cool, uh, but there's switching costs and there's like the resistance to the status quo, you know, the, uh, the gravitational pull of the status quo. So like, eh, I don't really want to change or, oh, this is going to change the way our work groups, our groups at work interact with each other. It's going to change the power dynamic. It's really cool, but this particular audience and the the nature of the product, I'm like, it has to have like a pretty website. And that's coming from me, who's like- <laughs> Anti-pretty. Yeah, I'm like, I basically, my website's like a Google Doc. So it's just not gonna work. Like, you know, I've got people, uh, a client in the photography business, like you can't have a bare bones website if you're trying to like impress photographers, not happening. Same with designers. So it's a sort of intersection of the idea itself, the change that would be required of the people, your personality, how you want to approach it, your confidence level. So it's not like there's one right way, but I do get a lot of people asking me how to do it under the radar. Lots of people. I would say a slight majority of people either don't have the confidence it's, or they have some kind of fear of losing business that makes them want to validate their idea a little bit before and start to get those early evangelists kind of on board ahead of time. And then when they're ready, they're like, oh, I trust this. I finally trust this. And they can make a start to spiral out bigger, put bigger chunks of wood on that fire. And like all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know, it happened with me with, I started expensiveproblem.com on the side of jonathanstark.com when I was still doing mobile consulting on my main website because I needed to do both at once. And I was like, how am I going to handle the SEO and like all of the, the links and everything? And I can't have everything on the same site because here was the problem with me with that pivot because I've done those half pivots a bunch of times, but switching to expensive problem, which was my sort of business coaching, pricing, consulting, that stuff. 
it was a complete break. It was a completely different audience. It was confusing to have on the same site. I had it on the same site at first. It was just confusing. It was like, what is, wait, what's this? Everybody was just like, what? And it was very um, schizophrenic or something. It was confusing. It was very bad. So I was like, I have to break this. I can't, I'm not going to take it down. I'm not going to take my main website down. I wasn't ready to do that. So I started a new one and I barely had my name on the new site. It was like expensiveproblem.com. It was all about the pain, the, the dream, like the fix, like here's a, you know, here's how you can do it. We can do coaching and get you these things. And then way down at the bottom of the pages, like, why would you listen to me? And like, here's my thing. I think my name was only on the site in that one spot anywhere. That was a major break. It sounds like it's your second person who made the big splash and was just like, hey, if we lose clients, too bad. You said their business is still growing, but was that a, a line extension or was it a completely, was it a, a complete break? Was it different approaching a, or um, targeted at a different audience? Like, how different was it? It was a line extension. It was a big idea. It wasn't, he wasn't selling anything yet. I just want to add to something you were saying earlier is, is if you've got a situation where you're worried about your current clients and you're trying to figure out like how do you go to market, just remember, unless you've got a membership site, your clients aren't visiting your website. Once they're your client, unless there's something that you had posted there that they were trying to find, they don't go back there. I had a couple of clients comment like two years after I revamped my website, oh, cool new website. <laughs> Like, really? Two years? Okay. I think we're all so focused on our own thing that we, clients are focused on their thing. They're not really paying attention to to what you're putting on your site. Now, they may be reading your emails, right? So or that's listening to that's your different. podcast. I've yes. had that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, like, oh, yeah, I've been working with Jonathan for a few years. I'm going to pull out his brochure and reread it. Why would they do that? It, it doesn't make sense. They, I mean, it does happen. Like, yeah, it does happen. But or, it's not. I don't think you should let the fear of that run your life. The fear is definitely overblown. Yeah. 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 But, the, but things people do notice, if they're subscribed to something from you and you want to do a big break, they're going to see it. If you update your LinkedIn, they're probably going to see it too. I've, I've yes. gotten that a lot. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Well, and it's it's a little bit challenging. I mean, I've had the same challenge myself recently with the with my email because I started a daily email list on authority and I didn't want to just superimpose that on my regular list because not everybody likes daily emails. And I get a lot of interaction on the longer weekly posts, which I now do on Tuesdays. So so I do both. I send a daily email to my authority list. And, and they get the longer Tuesday post, which isn't always exclusively on authority. There's, it's woven in there, but there's a lot of brand and business in that one. So I've tried to do it that way as I work through what people are most interested in learning about and how they apply it to their business, you know, the outcomes that, that come from that and the community building. Or I don't want to call it a community. Community feels multi. This is kind of me to them and them to me versus them to each other. It's like hub and spoke instead of network. Yeah. There's a process where you're working through your ideas in public and seeing which things resonate and which things are meh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the greatest. Yeah. yeah. And I love your daily. Everyone should sign up for it. If Listeners, if you, if you uh, haven't yet, I'm sure you have, but when you share this with new friends, you can tell them, hey, you can listen to this podcast and sign up for this daily email. It's really good. 
And I'm not just uh, not thank, just saying that. Thank you, Jonathan. Well, I, I had to laugh because I posted about fried chicken when I went to a, a fried chicken joint. Yes, you can connect fried chicken with authority. And I got a few notes back. So I know there's some fried chicken, not just fried chicken, fried chicken wing lovers in in the audience and i've shared my uh my fried chicken wing recipe with uh at least a dozen <laughs> people so far <laughs> nice uh, that's the greatest an important piece of the pivot first of all is having confidence in your idea and then it's kind of like okay if you need to validate it you've got you can have or you need to be under the radar we've described an approach that appears to be working for your client it worked for me with expensive problem which is income streams crossed so that I was making more from the new and less from the, the, the latter, you know, I think a year, 18 months, two years ago, maybe you can see the trend so that that works. Or if you're just like super confident and you don't care about the risk and, you know, just throw everything, you flip the card table over. Sure. You can make a big splashy launch. If a student of mine came to me like that, I would still be like, let's not spend a ton of money here if it doesn't at least I'm going to tell a couple people <laughs> to just make sure that the idea is clear because you don't want to write. I mean, we oh, both validate. know people. Validate, yeah, like, though. You know, you, you said if you want to validate. The, the guy is talking about who did the big splash, he's still validated. Oh, good. Okay. Please validate because you don't want to blow up your business on this, you know, weird idea you have that falls flat on its face. Validate. Yeah. Absolutely. I- most people I talk to are pretty far away from ever doing something like that. So hopefully it's, uh, <laughs> no one really needs to hear that. But we but we both know people that have written entire books that were just a complete waste. To, like nobody can even, like, what is this even about? Who's it for? They don't even know. You know, it's just a huge wasted sort of opportunity cost when you could have been doing something helpful for someone. So cool. All right. Well, hopefully that helps folks. Is there anything else that we should add? Pivot, uh, pivot, pivot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. Don't rest on your laurels. I, I just think one thing, which is, I think sometimes when somebody hears pivot, they think major shift. But to me, pivot is a matter of increments. And Jonathan, you described a scenario you went through where you pivoted like the door hinge, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here. And, and 18 months later, there you were. So the pivots can be fairly quick. Or they can be slower. And I think the key is to find the one that matches your business model, uh, your state of your finances, and your idea. Yeah, those are the factors. Cool. Awesome. All right, folks. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.